right, everyone. Welcome back to Our Voice Podcast. It is Kendall. And Ben. And we are really excited for our last episode That's of right. this semester of our season. We have a couple exciting things in store for you. And we're, we're really excited to, to share what we have on this episode. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, first, I kind of just want to like re-highlight the fact that, yes, this is the last episode of the season. Um, don't worry. We're coming back. Obviously, we're going home for summer. And uh, the podcast can't really... We don't really want to give you content that's over the phone, like 100%. It's just, it, we don't think that's going to provide a whole lot of value. So we're taking a break for the summer, um, much like many of you. And we will be back um, at the beginning of next semester, so fall 2019. Um, so yeah, this is the end of season one. Season two is on the horizon, and it's looking really good from what we've heard and yes. planned so far. We're very excited. We have a lot of really awesome uh, guest speakers that want to be on the show, a lot of really successful Pamplin alum that we're going to bring in and talk to. Um, so stick around for come back for season two because it's it's definitely going to be uh, fun and informative and important. Three days until graduation. Big shout out to the class of 2019. Congratulations. Congratulations, you everyone. You made it. We're all very proud of you. And, and we know that you're going to represent Virginia Tech very well um, in the world moving forward. So congratulations and good luck. Godspeed. Godspeed with whatever it is, whether you're going to travel, going right to work, taking the summer off, don't have plans yet. doesn't matter. Uh, congratulations. And relax. And, and relax. Yeah. Just that. that yeah. Take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. You're fine. You're doing great. And uh, all of us will be here holding down the Virginia Tech fort after you leave. So we appreciate all that you've done for Virginia Tech. And again, congratulations to the class of 2019. Um, so yeah, graduations in three days. Uh, just kind of a spoiler alert, kind of. You want to do your little spoiler alert soundbite? Spoiler alert. We have the actual Virginia Tech uh, graduation commencement speaker for the guest of the show. His name is Brad Casper. He is a very decorated uh, Pamplin alum. He graduated uh, from Pamplin in, with a degree in finance, and he has been very busy since then. He has been, lived all over the world, done a lot of really cool jobs, which we'll let him explain himself. We don't, we don't want to do it any injustice, um, but we're really excited for what he has to say and, and share with you. And again, he will be giving the commencement speech on graduation. So kind of just, uh, he talks, he'll talk a little bit about it. And, and if you're going to be in town, uh, definitely come out to, to see the speech because it'll be worth something. Just a reminder, this episode is sponsored by the Virginia Tech Pamplin College of Business um, and PRISM, powered by PRISM. Everybody on the podcast team is a proud member of PRISM. We are very excited to be putting on this show and, and thankful for all the opportunities that Pamplin and PRISM gives to us. So again, thank you to you. Feel free to reach out and follow our social channels at VT Pamplin and at VT Prism on all networks. So you can use that to contact us, to interact, to keep updated, see when our podcast episodes are coming out. And again, the podcast website is pamplin.vt.edu backslash podcast. And that will give you the links to everything, um, whether it's our the faces survey, are on our there. faces are on there, um, and our links to Spotify and Apple are on there as well. So check out the website. Um, and you know, reach out to us if you have any questions and, and want to hear anything about the show. We, we've gotten a few already, and we're trying to work them in as best I can. So if you're if you're listening and you know you submitted a request, we're working on it. Um, again, we're kind of under a time constraint and a, and a content constraint with the end of the year, but um, we are working on it, and we hear you. So please continue reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate. We really it. makes us really excited. Yeah. Uh, so do you have anything else before we get into no, it? No, I think with further ado, we're gonna bring on our guest, Brad Casper. We are now joined by our very special guest for this week's episode, Mr. Brad Casper. How are you doing today, Mr. Casper? 
It's I'm doing great. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing good. We're excited to have you on the show. Thank you, obviously, for agreeing to do this. We've been looking forward to it for a couple of weeks now. I know we've been planning it for a while, so we're really excited to actually be here um, in studio talking to you. For those of you listening at home, uh, Brad, we'll, we'll call him Brad for the rest of the show just for <laughs> easy sake. Um, he is in Arizona right now on a Skype call with us. That's how you are hearing him on your whatever device you're listening on. So again, thank you so much for doing this. Um, and we are ready to, to ask you some questions and have a conversation. I think it's fair to just start out by you telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I guess first and foremost, I, I was born and uh, raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. I did go to Virginia Tech. Go Hokies. Uh, and then after that, I really had a crazy career that took me back to Cincinnati, then to Kobe, Japan, wow. to Hong Kong, to mainland China, <laughs> back to Cincinnati. And probably the thing uh, I'm most proud of is that during that time, I've been married to the same woman who's also a Hokie uh, for 35 years. I've got three kids, and two of them also chose to be Virginia Tech Hokies. And, uh, what happened to the third one? What's that? What Don't happened to the third yet. one? <laughs> yeah, the, the third one was um, he, he decided after all those moving around because he was born in Japan, moved to Hong Kong, Cincinnati, wow. New Jersey, and then finally to Scottsdale. He said, I want to stay close to home, and <laughs> home is where we are now. And so he went to Arizona State University. Well, that's fair. I think that's a good, that's a good choice. Yeah. I'll accept uh, that. But so father, uh, CEO, Hokie, proud Hokie, uh, I should reinforce that, and uh, just delighted to be a part of this podcast. Absolutely. Well, as always, we're, we're happy to have you and, and excited to be in here talking with you today. Um, so how did you get where you are right now in your seat there in Arizona? And could you just clarify, what is your title right now? I don't think the listeners know yet. Yeah, and, and sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> I am currently uh, the CEO the chief executive officer of OH Partners. It is an advertising, full service advertising and marketing services company based in Phoenix, Arizona. We are now the largest agency in Arizona and the wow. second largest in the Southwest. And we've grown by 500% in the last three years. Wowza. And so Those I'm really stats. excited about that growth. Uh, so that's what I'm doing now, but that's not what brought me to Arizona. Huh. Uh, I've only been at the agency three years. Uh, I'm a, I've been a little bit of a professional vagabond, if you will. Uh, I previously told you about all those moves. I, I went from General Electric as a financial analyst to Procter & Gamble as a marketing and advertising guy who then became vice president and general manager of a $10 billion business unit worldwide. So I was traveling the world kind of all the time, much to the disgruntlement of my wife and kids. And then I got an opportunity to be president of a company in New Jersey, did that for three years, got recruited to be CEO of a company in Scottsdale, not the one I'm at now, and I did that for five and a half. I guess one of the craziest roles I ever had was president of the Phoenix Suns basketball team, uh, an NBA team that's one of the oldest in the NBA. So uh, I'm proud of that aspect as well. We were, we were pretty impressed when we saw that, when we were doing a little research. We were just going down the list of all the the many things that you've done, and we're just like, oh, he's been the president of the Suns. We're going to ask about that for sure. So we have a, a question about that a little bit later, but we'll get into it. So um, I think Kendall has the next question for you. Yes. So again, through our research, we found out that you were the former CEO of Dial. We yeah. want to know, what soap do you actually use? When I was CEO, I was using our Dial products. Mm -hmm. um, of course. We, had a, we launched Dial for Men uh, 
during my first year here and made it a big success. Uh, now that I've been gone for a number of years, I'm back to using P&G products. <laughs> <laughs> We're not breaking but any contracts, right? I'm not, it doesn't show any loyalty. I think I have Great. more shares of stock in P&G, so I, I'm still puffing that up. So I use Old Spice. There you go. There we go. Loyal through and through. It was just interesting because, you know, you always try and use the brands of the companies that you're with, but we were like, you know, I wonder if he still does that. So we figured yeah. we'd ask just for fun. Um, so I, I got a question for you. So you said that you went to Virginia Tech, uh, much like all of our, or a lot of our listeners and all of us here on the podcast team. Um, what was your, what was the highlight of your college experience at Virginia Tech? Well, I had a number. I mean, there were the academic side and, and I, I was proud of my achievements as a, as a student. But I think the thing that I look back on that had the most transformative effect, even on me today, when I joined a, a Greek fraternity and uh, moved up the ranks and became the president of Alpha Tau Omega or ATO, it was um, it was just a great learning experience. Not only was I proud that my brothers then thought that I could best lead the organization through a transition and, and change and a new house and all that kind of stuff, but it was really my first opportunity of leading an entire organization, presiding over meetings beginning to set policy. Little did I know that that would become ultimately my career of leading organizations, having a vision, um, energizing people to accomplish more than they expected. And I credit both the combination of ATO and Virginia Tech with that opportunity. It, it was, and it doesn't have to be a Greek organization. I just would encourage all Hokies to step outside their comfort zone and join something, get into something, whether it's PRISM or something else, because that's where you begin to learn and test yourself. So I'm a big advocate for participation and ultimately leadership. And so are we, you know, that's one thing that we definitely um, try and stress to our audience as often as can is, is join something, you know, just go out there and, and join an organization because you learn and grow and, and meet so many awesome people and it's, it's really invaluable. So we're, we're glad that somebody of, of your prestige agrees with us on that. <laughs> no, I think it honestly begins a habit. Uh, when you join, you learn and you grow and it feeds your soul and then you try something else and, and pretty soon you become pretty daggone good at juggling a lot of things simultaneously. I think in my junior senior year at Virginia Tech I probably was involved in five organizations simultaneously and I think I ended up with a 4-0 in my senior year so I think I learned to figure out that the more I did the more I could achieve and it didn't take away from why I was at school which was to get an education there you go like my uh, grandfather told me today he said a busy bee is a happy bee <laughs> <laughs> that's good I advice right that. there yes that was a really key message to receive. All right, we have another question. This is, just loosen it up a bit. What's the coolest place you've ever lived? Which you kind of hinted to earlier. I have lived and traveled to some great places. I think um, in terms of living, when I moved to Hong Kong, uh, I became general manager of P&G's business in Hong Kong and I would run the office in Hong Kong on Mondays and Fridays and then I would commute into mainland China and run China on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So wow. two separate leadership teams, totally different experiences at that time. Hong Kong, very developed, initially part of the British Empire, and then after about two years of living there, it reverted back to Chinese rule at the end of 100 years of British rule. So it was a, what a time to be there. Time. 
Oh, it was extraordinary. And just before what they literally called the handover and the peaceful handover mm -hmm. of one sovereignty to another, uh, my son, the youngest one, who's still a Hokie today, he was born in Hong Kong just before the ha handover a couple days later. That was cool. So does that, does that make him a British citizen? That's a great question. I had a choice at the time. Because of his timing, I could make him a British national overseas passport holder. Okay. I chose to avoid that controversy, just made him an American. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's the only, um, uh, you know, citizenship rights he has is, is American. But two of my three kids, uh, the boys, mm -hmm. uh, on each end, one was born in Japan, one was born in Hong Kong, and then my daughter, who graduated from Virginia Tech last May, oh. she was born in Virginia. <laughs> As was I. And Part me. <laughs> uh, so I got a question for you. So obviously we've kind of listed at a couple of the different positions you've held. Um, there are numerous and, and very far um, in variation, things like that. What is the favorite title or your favorite title or position that you've held in your business career? Or any career. Or any career. Yeah. I. You know, I, I know this will sound uh, a little contrived. Obviously, using anything that involved the title chief executive officer was pretty cool. It's a good start. And it still is. What I'm doing right now, CEO of little known uh, OH Partners, is probably the thing I'm most proud of. Uh, part of that relates back to the growth that I mentioned before 500% growth. Um, I think all of us in our professional lives want to step into situations where they can make a difference, uh, a positive impact on the company, the people, the culture, and if you can have transformative effect on the results, boy, that's, that's just a lucky strike extra. I feel while I made an impact and had positive impact along my journey, I get here and I feel like I'm applying almost everything I learned in all those other jobs, big and small. This is an entrepreneurial environment. And, and I've had to really reinvent myself to be successful. I questioned when I came in, could I be relevant um, as a marketing and advertising executive when I've never worked at an agency? Would these young people look at me like I'm some old fart <laughs> or would they look at me as something that they would be inspired to, to work with? And I, I guess it's been the latter. Uh, yeah, we we hope. We hope it's been the latter, obviously. It's, it sounds like you're doing great work, and it's working very well for your company. It's interesting to hear that, that it wouldn't be too much of a change or a shift or a learning curve, really, to step into this new role that you were mentioning. So it's interesting to hear how you had to, quote, like, reinvent yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at my first employer, General Electric, you know, the company probably had 280,000 employees when I joined, so I was one of a very many people. Mm -hmm. I moved to P&G and we might have had 80,000 and by the time I left it was 110,000 and then I started progressively going into smaller companies so it's truly that old uh, expression that even though you're young you probably have heard do you want to be a big fish in a little pond or a kind of a little fish in a big pond and I think over time I started as the little fish in a big pond and I progressively got to a smaller corporate environment but that's where I felt like I could have a bigger impact. And it's really gratifying as a professional when you can go home at night and not know, and not just know that you worked hard, but that you made a difference. And I'm hoping, and that'll probably be something I mentioned at graduation, life is about trying to make a difference. 
yeah. an awesome message. Right Our there. producer and I were talking about that for almost an hour before this yeah. podcast. We were going on about a couple different topics, but yeah, we were really just saying how that's kind of what we're striving to do in our careers somehow. We're doing our best each and every day. We're trying. Uh, so that kind of leads right into evidence of that. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, That kind of leads right into my next question. So my, the role that I was almost most intrigued by of, of your many titles was uh, the president of the Phoenix Sun. So I'm an NBA fan. Um, I'm actually a Sacramento Kings fan. Um, Mm. And so it's, it's kind of fun to watch, obviously the Suns play the Kings, things like that. So my question for you is, is what happened to the Suns? They're not in the best spot right now. No, they really aren't. And um, you know, when I, went in there as president in 2011. Um, it was one year after the first year that the Suns hadn't been in the playoffs in quite some time. And and I knew, and we were at the end of an era because two of our stars, Steve Nash, who was an all-star Hall of Fame point guard uh, in the making, two-time MVP, he was probably in his last year, Grant Hill, who was a famous Duke ball player and a wonderful human being. They were come of a couple of our elder statesmen. And the the culture of the Suns is not what I would have wanted or expected. And that's why, honestly, to your viewers I, and listeners, I, I only stayed one year uh, because you know, when you work for people who are uh, – not just wealthier than you, in this case, the owner of the Suns, but really different and wired differently and and honestly don't care about some of the same things that you do because the world of sports is this wonderful oligopoly where they literally don't have a lot of rules to govern how they lead and manage. They've got the money, they bought the team, they can do what they want. And, and so I'm one of those guys, maybe it's my Midwestern roots, if I see that my core values and the principles that my family raised me on are being violated every day, it doesn't matter what the title is. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. If it violates who you are, then you got to opt out. That's what I did. That's a really important message there, right? Yeah, too. I have no doubt that that's led you to where you are now in bigger and better, more fulfilling things. Got to have, got to have a value. Got to have a core. That's that's awesome to hear, especially for students who are you know in classes and hear things about ethics and you know your personal values and, and aligning with the companies is that you know some of that comes first and and it's important to to focus on that no matter what you're doing so it's, it's good to hear from from someone like you that that's that definitely applies yep so what do you think is one thing that you attribute your success to maybe something we haven't already touched on you know my parents um were really products of the the Great Recession, or not the Great Recession, but the Depression. And therefore, I think they imprinted on me at a really early age that nothing is given, everything is earned. Um, Their work ethic um, was not lost upon me. So I think on that hand, I I got uh, this, this pleasure and this privilege in working, because during the Depression, 20, 30%, 40% of Americans don't have a job. And of course, in your own lifetime, when the Great Recession hit a decade ago, a lot of people got disrupted. A lot of homes were lost. And, you know, I think the work ethic is one. The other thing is when you do grow up in, in, and I was blessed to work and live in a a very caring, nurturing family. Um, That's what I wanted when I became an adult. So I feel like I've carried that over. and, and it's not just at home I care about my kids and my wife and my dogs and my cats and my horses and all that. 
it's at the just office. to name a few. <laughs> it's it's at the office. I think most of these young people here think of me as a second dad, and I'm really privileged to have the you know 165 kids. <laughs> so, kind of on what you were saying, what do you think is the biggest mistake college graduates are making as they go into the world? Do you think it's the attitude that a job is given and not earned, or you know? Um, First of all, I think every situation is different, and I think your generation of Gen Z will be slightly different than the millennials and, and the Xers and everything else. So, making a general or generalized comment like I'm about to do, I know there's potentially people who don't believe in this. I think as you all grew up and, and as you participated in sports, etc., I think it became legendary that there were a lot of helicopter parents and you would get participation trophies just for being on the team. And I think one advertiser made a joke of a, a dad who, you know, changed, you know, third place to first place to give it to their kid. And um, I think one of the, and I see it not very often, frankly, in the way we recruit people, it's not about just showing up. It's bringing your A game. It's about um, achievement and success and KPIs and all that kind of stuff. I just I just don't think people should feel entitled to promotions. They have to earn them. So it goes back a little bit to what you were saying. Yeah, I I just me you know I actually was in a finance class, a projected double finance major, and even in that class, it there's really this aura kind of um, with a couple different industries that it seems like okay you go you work for five years you're promoted to the next level you work three more years you're promoted to the next level and it, it seems like it's so cut and dry and expected you know after that four year 11 month mark yes I, I absolutely agree I think one of the things when I came to this agency three years ago I stood in front of everybody and I said if you're here for a job that's fine if you're here for a career you're welcome to stay as long as you want um, because I want to differentiate. There's a lot of people, uh, young people, who job hop, and this will be a part of my commencement speech. Um, statistically, right now, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says that people who are approximately your age or a little older are going to change jobs every 3.8 years for the rest of their life. Wow. And that means you could be facing 10 to 12 jobs in your time and you might grow and you might move successively to higher jobs and I've moved I've made six changes in the last 10 years so I can't fault people for making change as long as it's purposeful and, and intentional but um, I, I just I just want to open people's eyes that you keep an eye on your career not just the job because if you keep an eye on that career there can be some wonderful benefits uh, of staying with something a little bit longer, even though companies are a little less loyal today than they used to be. It's so interesting you say mm -hmm. that. Our last, um, our last guest on the show, Brian Schultz, said the exact same thing. He was saying, don't just stay at a company for one year and then leave, because that's what everyone does. Stay longer, stay six months longer, 18 months. And if you know if you want to leave, stick it out six months, and that sets you apart because, like you both said, everyone's leaving after one year, yep. or three point eight years in that statistic. One of the things we instituted last year that kind of blew people's doors off. We call it OH8. Again, the agency's name is OH, and it stands for the original founders Owens and Harkey. Eight means if you stay eight years, you'll get all of your vacation plus a paid sabbatical. 
which will mean that they'll have eight to ten weeks off with full salary, full benefits, and it's primarily to promote loyalty and have people say, man, I'm working hard, but I'm also working towards something. And, and one of the statistics I tell in our agency, and I'm proud of, I met a new hire today in our Vegas office, and I told her, do you realize that we've promoted 75 people in the last 18 months? That's crazy. And so it, when you build from within, you start to create a change in the conversation about not just jobs, but careers, and what do I have to look forward to? And that's what I hope young people will too, because if you find the right thing, stick with that groove. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely important in information to hear as people getting ready to enter the job force. Me in a year, Kendall in two years, uh, a lot of people that we know entering, you know, just a few weeks. So that's, that's awesome to hear. And, and we hope that, uh, you know, people listen to that and, and adapt to that. Hopefully. We've had two guests say it now. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if you haven't adapted that by now. So I just want to move into kind of another, another facet of your uh, life. So for the viewers at home, you are a member of the Pamplin Advisory Council. Um, can you briefly describe, you know, obviously we know what it is, but can you describe to a few people what that is, what it does, why it matters to students and kind of your role within that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, Pamplin Advisory Council is, is really almost an invisible hand and an extension of the dean. The dean will, uh, help select, you know, 50, 60 members of this broader advisory council. We come from different uh, functions we come from a different industries and we bring all that intellectual capital back to the Dean we it used to be we had only have one meeting a year in the fall and then you know it'd be a whole nother year it was, it was very much more ceremonial than it was content under this Dean we've really moved forward we have lots of meetings we have chairs I happen to uh, have the honor of, of being a chair on the cabinet. It's uh, called the Student Engagement Committee. It used so. to be the Student Recruitment Committee. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast today is not just because of graduation next week, but because I want to partner with PRISM because I believe that you have a platform that will help undergraduates, graduates, and their parents and guardians engage with the university. I, I, I'm surprised by data that PRISM provided me that in a recent research study that 60% of students don't join anything, and I think they're missing out. But if they choose to not join something, at least join in podcast, at least becoming an engaged student, I think the ability to matriculate from year one to two to three to four and graduate in about four years is going to be much higher and that's what we're trying to do we're focusing in on retention loyalty getting the best students into pamplin and then getting those pamplinites out on the street changing the world i love that i love hearing how engaged and realistic the pack is in their goals and their mindset it's always comforting to you know have just a bunch of board members that actually want to change things and that, and that want to get involved. You know, we yeah. we mentioned to the rest of the Pamplin Advisory Council that we were looking for people to come on the show, like yourself. And the interest in that was phenomenal. There's so much interest for them to come on and share their stories. And, and at the end of the day, you know, the Pamplin Advisory Council, those are the people that all of us are trying to be. That's what we're yeah. trying to reach. They're holding the positions that we're striving to gain one day. And so, you know, hearing from them, we're hoping to, is going to be a very, very valuable asset. So um, this is, you know, your section on this podcast is kind of the first of many, we hope of Pamela Advisory Council members to come onto the show. That's great. 
And just to wrap up, is there anything you want to say that we didn't ask you about? This could be casual, this could be professional, could be a little spoiler to your graduation speech. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess, no, you've asked a lot of great questions. I guess my thoughts would be uh, as an encouragement to people, and I've touched on it with you a, a few moments ago. As you go forward, as you leave Virginia Tech, or even while you're at Virginia Tech, align yourself with people and eventually companies that align with your values, that care about your growth and development, and are insistent about maintaining their own integrity. Um, Because there are so many other individuals out there or companies that paint in shades of gray or dark gray, and and you don't want to be associated with those or the companies because it could bring you down. So always flee to high-quality people and high-quality institutions. Uh, As for my speech next week, uh, as a guy who's been in advertising, consumer packaged goods marketing, I think people are going to hear a little bit about the power of brands. Mm. I'll tell some case studies, I'll cite some statistics, and I'll make a reference or two to one's personal brand. All right. I might just stay for graduation. Might stick around for that. (laughs) Yeah, for the listeners at home, if you're not aware, Brad Casper will be the commencement speaker at Virginia Tech's graduation uh, in just a few days, so we look forward to that. I'll be there. Kendall will be there, so we'll be we'll, we're excited for your speech. Well, I look forward to delivering it and uh, being on stage. So, again, I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak with you and get to know you a little better. And uh, I think we're going to be working together a lot in uh, the next year as we line up it. more podcasters and a few Pack Talk members. Absolutely, we're, that's. That's what we're hoping to do. We're looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much again for agreeing to be on the show. We hope uh, you had fun. We definitely had fun. We we think all, everything that you said was very valuable and, and good information. We hope listeners at home agree with that. Um, so we just want to say, you know, from all of us here on the Our Voice podcast, thank you for your time and for your um, commitment to to being on the show. We really appreciate it. My my pleasure, and have a great summer, guys. So once again, thank you, uh, Mr. Brad Casper, for appearing on our show. We we really appreciate it and, and had a wonderful time speaking with you. Uh, all of your answers to our questions were very, very insightful, so we appreciate that. And, and I had fun. Like, that was a good interview for me. That was really solid. Yeah. I really liked that one. I, I liked a lot of the things that he was saying about how, um, like, your your morals and your values are very important no matter where you're working. And, like, sometimes you have to walk away from a really awesome job because of it. And I think that that's incredibly important to remember for all of us. Especially as we find yourself so desperate for internships or jobs or opportunities or whatever it's it's good to know that just wait a little bit because it's worth it's worth getting someone that truly aligns with you than settling for somewhere that you'll eventually have to leave just to check a box yeah, yeah. So, so that's definitely something to to remember moving forward um so again we appreciate him being on the show and um yeah, we're excited for a speech at graduation. So in three days is graduation. He is again. He is the commencement speaker. Um, it sounds like he's got a pretty pretty cool speech lined up. So I'm excited to hear it. I'll I be know. there. You'll be there. Yeah, it, it really influenced my decision to stay for graduation. Honestly, like <laughs> you were on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be there at graduation again. Congratulations to the class of 2019. Um, you know, finish strong. If you're still taking finals, good luck on your finals. Um, we're very proud of you and, and everything that you're going to do beyond graduation. So. Um, again, congratulations to the class of 2019. Once again, thank you to Pamplin and Prism for your continued support for the show. Thank you to all of you, the listeners, for for continuing to tune into our episodes. We really appreciate it, and, and we're very excited for everything that's coming up for the show. Again, we are going on uh, break for the summer. Um, as Just like many of you, we're going home, we're working, we're not going to be in the same room uh, 
to record episodes anymore. So again, we're taking a break and we will be back for season two at the beginning of the fall semester. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an exciting season. Don't miss us too much. <laughs> you can still reach out to us. We'll still respond to you. Mm-hmm. We're still on all of our social channels. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll Very active. Uh, and so I think that's all we got. Yep. All right. See you next semester.